0: written by Luke, the same person who wrote St. Luke, the Gospel of St. Luke. And Luke, remember, was a doctor, a medical doctor. And Luke's intent of writing the Scripture, as he tells us, is, I want to tell you what the truth was. I've done research, I've asked questions, I've, I've visited with people who were eyewitnesses, and I've written this down so that you might know what Jesus was doing, what people did after Jesus went back to his Father. And so that's Luke's intent, and that's Luke's background. Now, in Acts, we have uh, three parts of Acts. The first part is the answer to Jesus' proclamation to the disciples, stay here until the Father sends you the Holy Spirit that he has promised. And that's the very first part of Acts, a couple chapters, where that's the first part, Jesus has promised Holy Spirit from the Father. So that's the first couple chapters. Then Jesus says that you will preach, you will proclaim the gospel, the good news to all those in Jerusalem and Judea. So the local area, you're to be preaching, you're to be telling, you're to be witnessing to. After I leave, you are to do this in Jerusalem and Judea. And then Jesus gives the third one, which is, then you will go to the uttermost part of the world. Those outside the Jews, the Hebrews, you go to the Gentiles. You go to those outside of Jerusalem, outside of Judea. And so chapter 13 is when that takes place. It has not taken place until 13. 13 is sort of the open door of Acts. 13 is where lots of things happen, and we'll be looking at some of those today. So something special about Luke writing, both St. Luke's Gospel and also the the writings in Acts, And then also something special about this 13th chapter that Luke tells us. So that's where we begin today in uh, Acts chapter 13 and uh, verse 1. Now it goes like this. Um, The church at Antioch uh, was meeting. It continued to meet and they had something happening where they had both prophets and teachers in the church. And the church here is the word uh, Ecclesia those who have been gathered because of the call of God, to gather together, to worship one another, to worship together one, with one another, and to build each other up, to uplift, to encourage, to strengthen one another, the church, the ecclesia. And so the ecclesia at Antioch is meeting together. And the Holy Spirit has been moving because both prophecy and teaching are gifts of Holy Spirit. So here you have a church in Antioch worshiping and being together in Holy Spirit recognizing the gifts given. Now there are five people named specifically that are filling the positions of prophet, the prophecy, and also then the teachers. Now the prophets there are listed as Barnabas, Niger, Lucius, those three, Barnabas, Niger, and Lucius. Then you have two that are the teachers, and the two are Manain, and Saul. Now notice that Saul's name is Saul here. And so remember what happened long ago. In fact, from this time that Saul is mentioned at Antioch, it's been about 12 years since he was on the road to Damascus. So the Damascus experience has now been about 12 years to Antioch. It isn't next door. I mean, it's not just a week later. It's about 12 years later. And Paul is known as Saul. So here we have the five people that are mentioned that are part of the, the, the gathering, the fellowship, the ecclesia at Antioch, and we have five people named uh, three prophets and, and two teachers. Now, something happens. Uh, they are fasting. Um, they are, the, the, the one scripture says, they are worshiping God together and they are praying. So, Here you have the church gathering and fasting, they're gathering in prayer, and they are worshiping God. Now, the Greek word isn't worshiping, surprising. The Greek word is what we would call ministering, or being servant to God. And that's an interesting concept. And most of the authors of of the uh, translations uh, don't don't grab it. What he's actually saying here, what what, uh, Luke is saying here in this area, is that the gifts of spirit The gifts of Holy Spirit are being recognized and more than that, they are being ministered with. Hmm. The gifts of Holy Spirit are present in the church at Antioch, in the Ecclesia, and they are being recognized in ministering to God. Follow that? Hmm. So it's a ministry to God and praising and praying and fasting. Interesting thing here during the time of their ministry to God, in the time of the workings of Holy Spirit, it says, and Holy Spirit says to them, and so what occurred is, who knows, message in tongues, a, a, a declaration, a proclamation, a, a, a pro, who knows how it occurred, it wasn't that Holy Spirit said, I want you to, it's that they, in one accord, recognized this is Holy Spirit telling us this. This is Holy Spirit now directing us. And the Holy Spirit directed them to set apart. Now that interesting word, set apart, Mm. means to isolate or to designate this person or these people are now separate from these. So Holy Spirit says, I want you to separate. I want you to set apart. I want you to designate these people as something special. They are set apart. They are doing something significant in ministry, in workings of Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting that the two people, the names that they gave, were, I want you to set apart Barnabas and Saul. The Holy Spirit says, I want you to set apart Barnabas and Saul so that they might go and minister and do what I've told them that I want them to do. And so what the church did is they got this word from Holy Spirit, they identified Paul and Saul, they identified Saul and Barnabas, and they... As it says, they prayed, they were fasting, and they laid on hands and sent them forth. So they were praying, they were fasting, they laid on hands, and acting as set-apart ministry, they sent them forth. Now it's interesting, because here we have a prayer meeting, a fasting, a gathering of believers, the Ecclesia, and we have the workings of Holy Spirit and they came to this understanding that ah we need to set apart holy spirit god wants us to set apart Barnabas and Saul for something special so they did by fasting and prayer and laying on of hands and setting them forth so that's what happened at Antioch now interesting thing occurs from Antioch they go to a place called Seleucia now, Paul, and, and again, his name is still Saul, but Paul is now with Barnabas, and they go south. This, this area we're talking about is the east, far eastern part of the Mediterranean Sea, and it's the very north, north uh, part of Lebanon, and then Syria, and the very south part of Turkey. That's the area, geographic area we're in, mm. in with Antioch and then, then this uh, Seleucia. So they go south to Seleucia, they get on a boat and sail to Cyprus. Cyprus is an island in the Mediterranean, it's about 150 miles long from one tip to the other tip. And so Saul and Barnabas jump on the ship, sail to Cyprus. Hmm. And they land in a place called Salami. Just like the, anyway, Salamis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And for Salamis, they they then, start preaching now one of the comments in the scripture is john has joined them and we we tend to think oh this must be john the one who wrote the gospel of john it's not Mm -hmm. this is john mark this is the the one whose mother has all the money and they had feasts at her house remember Mm -hmm. and so this is john mark he's known as mark the writer of the gospel of mark this is mark so Mark now has been assigned to go with Saul and, Bar- and uh, Barnabas. So uh, <laughs> interesting, um, as it turns out, Mark is also a cousin of, of Barnabas. Mm-hmm. So they are related uh, in, in terms of family. So they, they travel and they, they travel from the very tip, they land on the very top of Cyprus at the Salamis and they, they travel down preaching the whole way. And their preaching usually they start in the synagogue. They start in the the area of the meeting of Jews. And they preach. And then they go and start preaching and talking elsewhere. So they go 150 miles from the very tip here down to the very tip of Cyprus, which is Paphos. And they end up in Paphos. An interesting thing happens. They begin preaching and uh, people listen. And there's a person there whose name is Eliomas. Eliomus. Now, in the, the, um, that's what he calls himself. That's his name that he calls himself. In his real name, it's Bar Jesus, Bar Jesus, son of Jesus, or son of God who saves. Mm. So his name given is, that, that's given is son of Jesus, or son of God who saves. But he calls himself <laughs> Elumus. Elumus. Now, Illumis is a word that means, are you ready? It means wizard, or sorcerer, or one who does magic. Illumis. So they meet this guy named Illumis, who is a sorcerer, who is a magician, who is one who does wizardry. And he happens to be friends of the the person in charge of the whole island, uh, the uh, proconsul, or the person who's the... the the person designated as being the one in chief or one in charge. And his name is Sergius. Now Sergius is friend of Illumis or And so Sergius hears about this 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 preaching that's going on of these three people of of Saul and and of Barnabas and, and of Mark. And now the scripture says that Sergius is, is somebody who is intelligent. And the Greek wording here is, this is somebody who can think for himself. This is somebody who is sharp and quick and wise. So the leader of the area, the, the Roman assigned leader of the area, is somebody who actually has a brain and he uses it. He thinks for himself, he's intelligent, and he knows what's going on. So he says, you know, I want to meet these guys. I want to hear what they're saying about word of God. I hear that there, And I want to hear it. I want to hear it for myself. So I want those to come to me. Bring them to me. And so they bring both... Um, all three, uh, Barnabas and, and Saul and, and Mark. And so Barnabas and Saul begin telling the uh, proconsul, the one in charge, the, the Sergius, about the word of God. Interesting thing happens. Um, Elumus begins objecting because after all he is the wizard sorcerer he is the magician of the area and and how dare this ruler uh, listen to these guys now Illumis is also known as the false one the false one the false Jesus the false son of Yahweh or the son of, of Yahshua the one who saves and so What happens is Paul, and it's Paul now, and Barnabas, are preaching, are telling the word of God to the ruler, to Sergius. And now we have uh, Loomis interrupting, constantly interrupting. And and Paul, and it says, filled with Holy Spirit, got rather upset and agitated and uh, became very strong. And so it's no longer Saul, he's now Paul. He gets enough umption, enough grit in his cross, so to speak, that he now steps forward and he addresses specifically to Elumus face to face. And he says things like this. You are full of all deceit. You are full of all wickedness. You are son of the devil. You are an enemy of all. And when you, when you look at what he's enemy of, Paul is telling this directly to Illumis. Here's what he's enemy of. You are enemy of all righteousness. You are enemy of all justice. You are enemy of all verdicts that God has given. You are enemy of everything that God approves. You are enemy of all right of God. You are enemy to being accepted by God. You are enemy to all faith in God, you son of the devil. Now, Paul is, to say the least, rather bold. (laughs) Now, here we are telling telling the word of God to someone who wants to listen, who wants to understand, who is grasping, tell me, I want to hear, what is your message? What is it that I need to know about God? And they're doing that, they're telling him. And here we have an interruption coming in with intent. I've got to protect my wizardry. I've got to protect my sorcery. I've got to protect my magician. Hmm. And Paul lets them have it right between the eyes, face to face. But that's what Paul said. Now, can you imagine being told that or hearing somebody else being told that? Paul was extremely direct and said, just like it was. Now, Paul continues. It doesn't end here. Do you know this? Do you know the story? Mm-hmm. It doesn't end here. Paul says, you know what, Alumus? You are going to, for a season, mm-hmm. you're, for a season, not going to see the sun. You're going to be blind. Mm-hmm. And so Paul said, Illumis, for a season, you're blind. Wow. Immediately, the scripture says, Illumis began to have a mist over his eyes. He became unclear. And finally, he couldn't even see the sun. He became completely blind. And the ruler, Sergius. Sergius, the the Greek here is interesting. Um, Some of the translations just have Sergius was surprised or Sergius uh, took note or something. And and the, the emphasis is not that Sergius took note of the guy becoming blind, the magician becoming blind, or that Paul told him he was all these things. The surprise or the, the, uh, the part that intrigued the ruler was that they were talking about the Word of God. Mm. Let me do that again. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that these people were talking to him, to the ruler about the word of God That's that, that intrigued him now the Greek wording here is rather strong the Greek wording if you're going to take it like it is would be something like a punch in the gut it's a very strong forceful understanding so Sergius had a punch in the gut and he was in shock he was amazed he was astonished again not because of what had happened to the uh, Illumis, but instead of what the word of God was being told him by Barnabas and Paul and Mark. Now one of the things that Paul also added here, punched in the gut and so forth, is Paul talks about um, how all this time the ruler, has been led astray, and that uh, Illumis has done damage. And so this is how Paul explains it. Illumis has been a perversion. He has been a distraction and opposed to everything that is right. He has corrupted you. He has misinterpreted everything about what Jesus said and did and what God is doing in your life. He has twisted you, he has misled you, and he has turned you aside on a crooked path rather than the straight path of God. So that's the interpretation that Paul is giving to Sergius about what happened with Illumis. Again, um, Paul didn't miss words. And so here we have a false prophet one who calls himself the son of Jesus or the son of God who saves, who calls himself in in working life, the lumus, the wizard, the sorcerer, the one who does magic. And he considers himself safe because, after all, he's a friend to the ruler, after all. And when he is challenged, when he hears that the truth is being spoken to the ruler, the gets upset and interrupts. And as Paul said, distorts and, distorts and corrupts and, and, and lies and misleads. And, and Paul said, no, no more. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul is now Paul. 13 is the turning point mm-hmm. of no longer are we just ministering to Judah, Jerusalem and Judea. We've now gone north into the other most parts of the world to the Gentiles and I've started to spread the word. This is the beginning of Paul's ministry and all of his travels and all of his teaching and the beginning of all of his writings. It happens right here in 13, and that's how it happened. Now, what does that say for us? Interesting, gathered together, uh, praying and fasting, Uh, gathered together in workings of the Holy Spirit. How will Spirit move? How will Holy Spirit move in our ecclesia, in our presence? How is it we will be sensitive to one another and be in, as the Scripture says, one accord? That we still, we can worship God, we believe God, we trust God, we build each other up in the faith. Not in destruction or opposition of faith, but in the true faith. That we can build and grow and we can identify who are those people who we need to call, to, to call out to, to set aside for special ministries, for special work, that Holy Spirit would direct us? Who are those people we need to say, go, and then it's up to the people who go or take, take the, the task delivered to them by Holy Spirit as to how they fulfill it? Because Holy Spirit didn't tell, Paul, I want you to turn left here and walk three steps. Even though I know some Bible Bible school students who do that, they will go up the steps until. The Holy Spirit tells them to go upstairs or downstairs, and they won't choose their clothes until the Holy Spirit tells them which clothes to choose. That's ridiculous. That's that's dumb. That's that's outside of teaching of anything. Scripture. What the Holy Spirit did is, I want these two people set aside, tell them, send them forth. Where do they go? Where do you guys see yourself wanting to go? I want to go to Antioch. Go to Antioch. Okay. Go to go to Cyprus. Okay. Go go to, and who knows what's going to open up who knows how they're going to decide but they use their own minds they use their own skills gifts and abilities that god has given not they are robots not that they are robots not that they are robots being manipulated and controlled and directed god gave us good minds god gave us good skills and gifts and abilities to use what why did he give us those to proclaim the good news to go ye therefore into all the world. Wow, that's the uh, message for today from uh, Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12.